1: No purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Keep the tesseract on Earth, hidden.
0: You sure that's what Marvel would
1: want? Marvel.
0: That's what I said.
1: It's two words, Marvel.
0: Marvel. Marvel sounds a lot better. You know, like the Marvelette's. Wait, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman, wait, Mr.
1: Postman.
0: Not ringing any bells?
1: Keep singing, maybe it'll come back to me.
0: The world outside your window. Hey, still not great, but here on Pusher Recaps, everything is marvelous. It's everything is super. It's the Captain Marvel episode. We're getting closer and closer to the end game now. And there's another piece to put on the board. It's Carol Danvers. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler, but well, you can just call me Glur. Uh, that is, uh, what people refer to me as. That's like my kevin that's like my beers name
2: i mean technically blurred. i already have that right i've been going by the, like the Mahadman for a little bit so i yeah. guess i was uh yeah. on that on that
0: train but it's, it's like the last four letters of your last name yeah is what it should which be. if that's the case yeah.
2: it'd be deo which that's fine yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh kevin mahadeo is here kevin we have a very special guest here on the podcast this week making uh making your post-show recaps debut i think right jess
1: Yes, that is correct. Oh, wow. And
0: this is not, not Jess Lees. There are other Jesses than Leese. Uh, much as we love Jess Leese as well. This is different Jess. This is Jess Sterling. Jess Sterling making her posture recaps debut. Goose's
1: number one fan. I am Goose's number one fan. I'm not even a cat person, so that is like that is high praise. Wow. You're not
0: a, you're not a cat person?
1: I'm a dog person. Uh, I'm an animal person.
0: Disqualifying. Disqualifying. How dare you. I'm, I'm, more, of, of, I'm more of a Flurkin fan. Like, I'm really into the Flurkin scene. That's these what it days. is. Yeah. I call yeah. my dog Sweet. Goose, even though his name is Gus, but like that's as far yeah. as that goes. You do call him Goose. I do call, you him, do Goose. call him Goose. <laughs> Does that have anything to do with the in here in Captain Marvel, Kevin?
2: No, that has to do with uh, Brian K. Vaughan's. Um, well, I think we started beforehand, but it really connected oh, straight sure. to Brian K. Vaughan's um, saga,
0: which has a character named Yeah, the comic Goose. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah Who's like a little like humanoid seal yes, creature? He's thing. like a seal creature, yeah. very tiny. He seems he's, or like a walrus. He's more like a walrus. Yeah,
2: I guess that's true. He has tusks, so he's he is, he is walrus like. We we're not marine biologists. We're not like George Costanza. We didn't
0: study marine biology. <laughs> No, no, no. We're here to talk Captain Marvel. Um, we're here to talk about a bunch of stuff. Certainly, we're you know we're getting closer to Avengers Endgame here. Uh, we're getting very close to the end of the line in our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. We have one very important film to talk about here before we get into Endgame next week. And Kevin, we got to like sidebar offline. I feel like our Endgame coverage, like we can't just like regulate to one podcast. Right? Oh, man! The just too big like i think like we're gonna have to like end game it out for a little while i don't know exactly what that's gonna look like but i have a feeling that we're gonna hang out with avengers end game for a couple of weeks we'll we'll really stretch this thing out
2: well certainly uh if we want to match the runtime we've got a lot of things we could talk about to hit that three hour mark
0: huh although i guess maybe that's Jess, one Jess, do you think? <laughs> do you think kevin and i should do multiple avengers end game podcasts or one 10 hour avengers end game podcast <laughs>
1: I would say two podcasts is probably preferable to one 10-hour podcast. Uh, I feel like by hour five, you might start to lose it a little bit. (laughs) If we haven't
0: already at this point. I think there's an (laughs) argument to be made that it's already gone. Uh, But we've got Avengers Endgame coming up next week. We've got Captain Marvel here. Um, Jess, we have you on the podcast for a few reasons. Um, Probably the biggest one being that you are one of the incredible moderators of the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord. Uh, We've just launched the Post Show Recaps Patreon program, and Jess, you've been instrumental to the success of the Discord community that we are building right now. And my gosh, isn't it amazing that there's actually people in it?
1: I know we're not just talking to like four people anymore while we waited for it to launch. We actually have more friends. So that's always good. Um No, yeah. it's been it's been really awesome. I'm really excited to get it going. I think it's going to be a really fun community. So everybody should definitely join.
0: Yeah, if you're able to do it, uh, we're having a really fun time there. Very interactive place. You can talk to the hosts directly. Uh, if you're not able to to join the Posture Recaps patron program at that level, that's totally fine. There's the $5 level that'll get you the the patron-only podcast feed, where we already have the first episode of Posture Recaps Theater, which is going to be our weekly movie club. Emily Fox and I are hosting with rotating guests. Kevin, you're coming up. We've already announced that you're going to be on our... Uh, our, our second official episode. Uh we've got Hocus Pocus coming up next week and then Kevin uh a, you will be a on good one. the week after. Yeah. I'm not a big Hocus Pocus guy, That's, so I
2: God damn it, Josh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even though it has a cat, right? A Flurkin. That it. is Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker's best role, fight me.
2: Anyone <laughs> like she's wow. so good in it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh mars Attacks. she's great in mars attacks. <laughs> that's the one you went to which had her husband right matthew broderick was in there too i believe it's no is matthew broderick no michael j fox is in it michael j fox plays her husband in the movie i don't think matthew broderick's in the movie i thought he's in the movie but not playing her husband like he might have i mean one of it's those possible that roles. he just gets yeah, yeah one of the one of the many celebrities who gets like Jack randomly Nicholson, mercilessly yeah. <laughs> assassinated in mars attacks uh it's it's possible this movie uh captain marvel is mars attacks-esque uh we'll we'll talk about all of that in a little while just the other big reason we have you on this podcast of course is you have a podcast as well uh shit 90s shows uh taught you what's the that's it's that's close That's close yeah
1: shit shit 90s shows taught me yes yeah yeah Yeah, i mean yeah i guess which way you're saying it yeah and this is Um, this is a
0: 90s movie so i feel like very yes compatible it's
1: it's very appropriate. And the funny thing is, is when you asked me, so I've, for the reference for everybody, I've never seen this movie before. Um, I was, I would be probably what you'd call a Marvel casual. So prior to you guys starting this rewatch podcast, I had seen all of the, um, Iron Man movies, a few of the Thors and most of the, um, the Avengers movies. Yeah. So I'd never seen this movie. I did, I've never watched the trailer. So I had no idea that it took place in the 90s until she crashed into a blockbuster. Yeah. And I was like, something's not right. Well, <laughs> this one, is
0: not modern day. Well, one of the things for, for me was I, I didn't want to do the Captain Marvel podcast with just a, a couple of dudes just talking about a, a very important <laughs> movie, uh, yeah. a cultural milestone, certainly for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we were you know talking. We hadn't set a guest up yet. And then this past Monday, which was like the day that I was going to start looking into finding somebody to be on the podcast, we were on a call uh, to to sort out some of the the patron Discord stuff. And I heard you mention that you hadn't seen Captain Marvel. It's like, this is very interesting because Jess mm-hmm. has been like really in on everything Super. And I know that you've been watching all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yep. So I thought that this was kind of a, a cool opportunity to get your fresh takes on Captain Marvel um, because that's sort of the structure of this movie, right? Like this movie sort of like drops you in without any real like sense of centeredness. And I think that that is a huge piece of the point. I think it's a big part of why this is a a somewhat like divisive movie, uh, within, uh, the MCU fandom. I think the fact that like, it feels a little bit, um, without center at certain points, but I think that that's, that's by design in the early going of the movie, at the very least. So you think um, you think that's to, one of the reasons, Josh? <laughs> I think it's a reason. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the reason. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think that there's worse reasons, uh, but I think that that's that's a that's a piece of it, and and I think that it's a it's a piece of the movie that's actually really really crucial to to the movie. So I think to to get your perspective on it, Jess, uh, having just walked into Captain Marvel with literally like sight unseen. With no idea what this movie was gonna be about, was really <laughs> yeah. interesting to me as an idea.
1: It was kind of tough, to be honest. And I, and to be honest, coming into this movie, I don't even know what critics said about it. I had no idea what the fan base thought of it. So I was really going in blind. And since I watched it yesterday, I've since watched it again today because I, to be honest on my first watch I really don't think I got the full grasp of everything and it, maybe it's the structure of like she already has her powers so it's not exactly an origin story but then you find, like halfway through the movie kind of throws you for a loop so I felt like a rewatch is, was necessary for me to even come on and talk about it
0: How did the the rewatch change things for you if it if it changed things at all like what was what was your first experience versus your second experience of the movie like
1: I would say I was a little bit lost up until she got to earth on the first watch, um, which isn't too far into the movie, um, the second watch I definitely had a better grasp on it, and it it I had kind of connect with the characters a little bit more. Um, like I've been ranking every single one of these movies as we go. I find it hard to to put them out of six, but I, I find it easier to rank them on a list. And I will say I have this one about mid tier, so it's yeah. twelve out of twenty two. I think there are. Yeah. Currently. Yeah.
0: Um, Kevin, what do you, you know, co- going back and watching this, I don't I don't know that you and I have, like, talked a ton about Captain Marvel the movie before, so I, I don't know that I even know, like, your sort of, like, base take on on Captain Marvel, let alone what your take was on the rewatch.
2: I mean, I think my base take the first time I watched it was that I, I enjoyed the movie, but, like, a lot of people, I was just like, yeah, that was a pretty good Marvel movie. It, it, it was a good origin story, and, like, at this point, so especially I'm sort of burnt out on origin stories. I actually really liked the fact that the structure was different. I liked that it threw you in just because it felt different by design for that reason. Like you didn't get, like I felt if this was more linear, it would have been just another boring Dr. Strange style story. Um, so like changing up the format, I think worked for me the first time I watched it definitely worked this time. And I think my watch this time, I I think I liked it more because the feminist stuff in there I think is really strong and it comes out the gate. And I kind of love that. Like the, the movie starts with, (laughs) with dude, bro, Jude law, just basically telling her (laughs) you need to control your emotions. Like, and it doesn't even, it doesn't stop. Like the themes are so there from, you need to control your emotions to you have to use your brain and not your heart. The idea of like what was given can be taken away, like really read hard to me, not just in, in terms of like, feminism but also like you know civil rights the idea of just like hey we gave you the power we gave you the abilities you know these abilities and we could take them away but the truth is is that they didn't (laughs) like we got them and they're ours and we should be able to use them um so like i think so many of the themes resonate a little bit more especially now uh on this rewatch and i really liked it for that reason which doesn't even get into the other cool stuff like having samuel L. jackson in this kind of role was amazing it was like the reverse doctor strange i hate to be ragging on doctor strange again no i don't um I, like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem with doctor strange we talked about where it's just uh, like we like doctor strange as doctor strange right and the first movie yeah. he wasn't <laughs> that whereas fury we got furious for you for so long so to be able to like almost go back and see like a different version of that character was, I think way more compelling. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I feel like with Brie Larson, I don't, I don't know what it is. I I'm a really big fan of Brie Larson. I've seen her in a lot of things, you know, she's, she's known, you know, she's in United States of Terra. I actually really liked that show. She has a small part in community, which <laughs> I'm sure we'll get back to uh,
0: <laughs> Joshua, Joshua Wiggler. <laughs> Uh, If you've been following uh, any of the Twitter drama recently of uh, this movement to get Josh Wiggler to watch Community, (laughs) it is championed by Jess Sterling here.
1: Yes, it is. It's it's a show that you need to watch. Like, it is up there in terms of sitcoms. Okay. And it has (laughs) issues, like a lot of shows do, especially with looking at it with a lens from 2020. It does have its issues. But it's so funny. Like, it is... I can't, I don't know. Kevin, you have to argue for it because it's so good.
2: No, it's just one of my favorite shows, uh, especially one of my favorite sitcoms in existence. It's up there with Parks and Rec and The Office. It's just really brilliantly done. And I've been a Dan Harmon fan for a while, but it's so smart once the show figured out like what it should be. It's incredible. And like I identify (laughs) on so many levels with Abed, it's not even funny. Um, Yeah. And like, you know, his relationship with Troy with Donald Glover is so great in there. And the I mean, you know, about the deal with the um, the, the, the genre episodes, the way they skewer the, the, the tropes of genres is so smart. Um, the the big problems I, I almost counter, you know, yes, there's things that are like make you cringe now, but I think it was purposeful. It's like Dan Harmon saw the writing in the wall <laughs> and like made a character yeah. that was exactly the, the people that exist that we see now um
1: yeah no it is it is more of like a um yeah he's making fun of of them but i do think like the problems with dan Harmon, i guess are more of like what i'm talking about but if you can kind of look past that or kind of use that as a way to look at the show and that with a critical eye that show is amazing it's definitely a must watch um and brie larson is in it, very very small minor part in it um but it's an amazing show, and you definitely, even if it's a one off podcast, right. well, it needs though, to happen. I'm Certainly about the first it.
2: three seasons, Josh, they're I'm thinking
0: it's incredible. About it. I'm, yes. I'm not thinking the fourth about it. season. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm I watched the fourth season fourth, all the way through for the first time. fourth season I'm interested in. I'm interested in the fourth. I love it's, A Train Wreck.
1: It's a gas leak season for a reason. Listen, yeah. I have ranked every single episode of Community. Season four did not even crack anywhere in like the top. <laughs> no, half. it's so
2: bad. I, it's, it, I'm hard pressed to think it's of bad. one episode that was really great from that season. And like the one I had to stop on, I think, was like, I started the puppet episode and I was like, "I'm out."
1: I was just gonna it's, say the puppets. I was gonna so say, Josh, bad. if I have to pique your interest, I will say puppets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like puppets. I'm a fan of puppets. You won't so, after this episode. <laughs> all right, so let's get on track here. Yes. So, so Brie Larson's in Community. You were talking about Brie Larson.
1: Right? Yeah. So, so Brie Larson is great. She also is in um, a movie I like called The Glass Castle. It's one of my favorite books, and it was adapted into a movie. She's really good in that. I just feel she's like... she's
0: an Oscar winner, you know. And she, was, yes. I think, oh, in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Room, yeah, the room, room. room. Yeah. She's really hot off. of the oscar win on room i I think that happens and then she's announced for captain marvel i'm pretty sure
1: that's i think that's the order of events yeah 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 So she's great, but I do think in a lot of her roles, especially like I'm specifically looking at United States of Tara and even community. She has this like snark and like this, this life in her and this like wit, this sarcastic wit. And I just, it just kind of wasn't there. And I know maybe that's not who Captain Marvel is or that's not who Carol Danvers is. But I just felt like the, the surrounding cast was just a little bit better than she was. And not necessarily the actress, but the characters just, I felt more connected to them. She played kind of like the straight man.
0: Well, I think that that's that's a piece of 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 the movie that that's really worth exploring is that one of the so this is a movie that I will I would watch Captain Marvel over Doctor Strange every day of the week. Yes, uh, and it's it's a movie I would upvote over over Doctor Strange every day of the week. I think Doctor Strange, as he exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I've seen higher highs with that specific character maybe than I've seen with Captain Marvel so far. Um, but a, a big piece of why I, I I vastly prefer this movie to Dr. Strange is the experimental nature with the structure and how like the whole idea about the movie is like has how she's been like gaslit into like not tapping into just how powerful and incredible and awesome she is. Um, and I think a, a piece of like that being like the hero's journey for her in this movie is that she's not herself for most of it. Um, so while this isn't a traditional origin story like they're playing with time they really throw you right into it and they're throwing you into it with her where she's like you know basically an amnesiac who is getting all of her like social interaction from a bunch of like super boring kree warriors who all suck and don't like her or suck (laughs) or both uh it's like that is like her barometer for stuff like you know, that's it's not until like she lands in the 1990s and starts hanging out with Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and meets a flurkin and gets to like reunite with the people that actually know her that she starts, I think, really becoming, uh, you know, the character that that we want her to be. And I think that's very intentional and by design. And that's part of the story. But I think that that can make it a little bit harder to watch, or at least for me, like maybe it, it makes it feel more phase one ish. Like I think that Captain Marvel kind of like feels like a Phase One movie in Phase Three. I don't know if that makes sense, Kevin.
2: No, it does, and I, I mean I I can see a lot of that. I so my my thought is a couple things. One, I do think that there is a level to the portrayal that is also stemmed from like what you said, but also coming into that idea of like controlling emotions and having to act and be a certain way. I think that was purposeful. Right. To me, I do see Brie Larson's snark and delivery done really well in this. Like, even at the beginning where she's just like, can't sleep, want to fight? Like, there's something great in that moment. I think she had she had snarky attitude, I think, from the beginning. And I think it, it didn't come in as quick and fire as it does as it goes and, like, how we're used to from her. But I think that she does have personality. And, like, she is uh, the straight man, so to speak, for a lot of the time. But she does have this humor to her that, that I think works really well. Um You know, uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to defend a character. I don't think it's like, obviously like a, like a, like an amazing, amazing character, but I think Brie Larson did a really good job on it, of course. And she's great in this movie and what she was given to be done with it. Same thing, I think, in Endgame. Um, and just, I mean, like I, I developed like such a crush on her just from that one image from the award show, like it was, I just distinctly remember it was, she was wearing this like blue dress that had an open back and it was shot from the back and you just saw her muscles, <laughs> her shoulders yeah. from the workout. Yeah. And I was just like, I passed out. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like it was incred- like, not well, to, yeah. not to get what too th- objectifying here, no. but like it was a moment that I was <laughs> well- just like.
0: Whoa! Oh, wow. Yeah, there was like, <laughs> th- like some of like the run up to the movies release that that you, you didn't see just if you weren't if you weren't you know yeah. looking out for it was like there would be like workout videos and stuff that she would post and like there's one of her like in like California with like uh, uh like she was like pushing like a Jeep along a road or something oh like as an exercise. Uh, there's there have been some, like, really great profiles written on her and, like, all of the prep that she did for Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. And, like, Brie Larson is, like, a declarative badass. Like, it's just, like, yeah. like the, the, the grind that she put into the character. And I think her commitment to the character is really, really, really clear. I think that the structure of this movie sets up the character to be someone who you can really, really, really delve into in, like, a very intimate way where she's, like, fully Carol Danvers now because, like, this takes place in the 1990s. You assume when we catch up with her in the the you know her next big movie appearance, it's going to be more contemporary. That's right. a lot of life she's now lived as like full blown Captain Marvel. I think that that stuff's going to be exceptional. Like I my expectations for the Captain Marvel franchise is that this will be a movie that's like it's a really good first movie, and the subsequent movies have the potential right. to be really 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 special. Um, I think Nia Da Costa, who's directing the upcoming Candyman uh adaptation uh kevin is the director of captain marvel 2 uh so that's pretty cool um i I think people are really pumped about that uh so i think that like the potential for the franchise is uh yeah is is really really big
1: yeah i think you're right and i think it's the structure that kind of leads it to being tough to kind of really connect with her right off the bat because she doesn't even know who she is so how are we supposed to kind of connect with that character as much and while it's a really cool structure because like you said it's not as much a very straightforward origin story. It is like you can she has to learn who she is first before we can kind of really connect. And actually on that point, I had a question for you guys, because obviously, like I said, I'm not a big comic book fan. I didn't watch this movie when it came out, but I noticed that. So from the get go, we know she lives with the Cree people, right? On Cree, I think Cree is the planet. And she's with Jude law or yon Rog. Um, we can
0: call him Jude Law. Jude,
1: I mean, right? Like, I had to look at his name because I was like, "This is Jude Law." Um, so Jude she's with Law. him. We know who the Kree are, though, right? So we know because of Guardians that they're not great. So is it just me, or did you know the entire time that Jude Law and his gang of barbarians were bad people? Sort of,
2: but not like like we knew. So it it, it is a bit confusing because like when we saw the Kree, it was specifically in Guardians, but. That was specifically Lee Pace, right? Like they kind of mentioned that Ronan the Accuser is doing his own stuff and like has joined with them. Okay. So there was a little bit of that. Plus, I think comic fans were also more in- ingrained to not realize the Kree were the villains because they were going after the Skrulls, who in the comics are huge villains in the Marvel universe. Which okay, we can talk about the Skrulls because I have thoughts yeah, and thoughts. opinions thoughts um, yes. and opinions but, and feelings but so, and emotions. so yes but in a way <laughs> it, it it i think it it, it worked in his favor knowing the comics because you were predisposed to not realize that they were the bad guys but at the same time it's like you expect twists in this movie I, it's hard for me just because like i think i'm so ingrained i'm too ingrained in pop culture these days it sounds terrible but like i see people loving stuff and i'm always just like what like Weird example, but I see people raving about Enola Holmes, and I watched it, and I was like, that wasn't a very good movie, but, like, everyone loves it, and I'm like, am I just bad now? Do I just not like things? <laughs> Do I just, like, watch too much stuff? Do I pick up too many tropes and stuff? that I, I, like, pick apart movies too much? So, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> that's a I didn't realize Enola Holmes was
0: a, was a movie.
2: I thought it was a show. Nope, movie. Um, with uh, yeah, uh, Millie Bobby Brown as Enola Holmes and uh, Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh, yeah. Henry Cavill's Sherlock Holmes. I mean, they really they say he's Sherlock Holmes. If only they actually wrote the character <laughs> of Sherlock Holmes instead uh, of just that.
1: oh no. Anyway, anyway, that's a different okay. podcast. We can we can put that on the Patreon. <laughs> Kevin
0: rants about a movie people loves.
1: <laughs> All right, that
0: would be fun. Sign up to the for the Patreon and yeah. listen to Kevin rip apart Enola Holmes and then swiftly unsubscribe. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> from the post show recaps patreon um i so so for me jude law gets cast in this movie and i'm like all right so that dude's the bad guy like okay. that like that feels fairly clear to me like you're casting jude law because yeah. that dude's gonna be the bad guy um and but the but the way that they get you is they also cast ben mendelsohn in this movie and ben mendelsohn is like an actor only plays the bad guy anymore, it feels like. You know, he's like the bad okay. guy in in Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, he's the bad guy in, in in something else fairly popular that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, he was, you know, sort of like the bad boy on Bloodline, uh, the Netflix show that he was like very, he was very much a breakout in that role. Um, so I think you see Ben Mendelsohn is going to be playing a scroll in a Marvel movie. Like, okay, so he's the bad guy too. And I think what my expectation was, Jude Law is going to be a scroll. Like he's a scroll in disguise. The scrolls are shapeshifters. Right. Uh Carol's not going to realize that she's working with the shapeshifters the entire time and that's going to be like the twist. And I think what the movie does is obviously a lot better than that. Like yeah, like mm-hmm. Jude Law's the bad guy, but I-, I think that um what the movie does with the scrolls is so great because I think it really reinforces all of the thematic ideas that are that are so great in this movie this idea of like um don't underestimate people man like yeah. don't don't underestimate people like uh like this, you, you think that the the scrolls are the villains the whole way through and it's like if you would just stop like punching me in the face for 5 seconds and let me tell you where I'm coming from maybe you'll realize that I'm really just trying to like Find my my wife and my kid and all of my mm-hmm. people and my in my alien lab spaceship. The turn that they do uh with Telos is actually one of my very favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe twists. I think what they end up doing with that character.
2: So you brought it up, so we can talk about it. And I I <laughs> I, I agree. I think it's a good twist. It was unexpected and it surprised the audience because it wasn't quite what we're expecting. Like you said, the Ben Mendelssohn thing was was A plus because you just Ben Mendelssohn there, they're the bad guys. But I my issue with this reveal is that, yes, it was very smart to tie into the themes, but I think they sacrificed a potential huge storyline that they could have drawn from the comics, especially with the scrolls and a huge future villain group um, for one movie's twist. Like, you had this cool moment in the audience, I think but... I think that's short-sighted, but continue. How is that short-sighted? They can't do Secret <laughs> Invasion! They lost, arguably, one of the best moments in comic book history. I totally disagree. I totally disagree. And now you have I the... I couldn't squ- disagree like, harder. You could do a thing where it's like, oh, it's a Splinter group, and there's some on Earth, and now they have to find the rest. Sure, you could do it, but, like, what... The, the surprise of it happening, the surprise in the comics was so great, because you didn't expect it coming, and now you you kind of will. And I think that's the sacrifice that came with it. They sacrificed this awesome moment of having cap a young cap show up, and all of a sudden you find out, "Oh shit, that's not cap. it's It's a scroll and this huge twist or something." And you kind of lose that moment by doing this. And I think again, it works for this. They can circle around to it, but I do think it lost the impact it could have had to do it, especially the way that
0: comics did it with such this massive surprise moment. So, Jess, in, in the comics, there's this there's this run called Secret Invasion, and the twist of Secret Invasion is that a bunch of the heroes of the Marvel Universe, unbeknownst to the other heroes of the Marvel Universe, were actually scrolls. Uh, so, oh. like, so like Ant Man's a scroll, and a few other people are scrolls, and they've been secretly over the years like abducting heroes and replacing them. And like Yikes. living in their skin, and it's it was a big event comic, and it was really really cool. And I think that that was like a piece of this is like oh god, so they're going to set up Secret Invasion, um, and instead they turned the scrolls into good guys. So I uh, the the ways in which I I think that I wouldn't panic about like Secret Invasion being off the off the menu, um, or like be mad about the possibility that Secret Invasion is off the menu is. I mean, they go there in Far From Home. Like, they, they start that process of like people who you know are actually, uh, scrolls. Like, there are people who you think aren't scrolls that are. Uh, and like, yeah, they're your friendly neighborhood scrolls. Um, but it opens up the possibility that there is more of an infiltration and more of a war that's going on than, uh, than we know. And I think even in Far From Home, they talk about like the Cree invasion. And I think that that's a really compelling idea too, is like Cree who are living amongst earthlings uh who we wouldn't know uh they're just blending in i think that potentially like the secret invasion inversion that they could do at some point in the future where it's the kree that are the invaders i think could be very very compelling but the point of like captain marvel at the end of this movie gets the scroll out of earth right like she reunites the family she's heading them off to to parts unknown um and decades have passed right like that's the 1990s And now we're talking like 2024, 2025 is like the current time period of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a lot of time for the scrolls to grow again. And I do think that that's a lot of time for like the scrolls to feel uh, differently internally within themselves as a group. They're not going to be a a monolith that are going to be like pro-Earth or or all good guys. Like I think that there's I, I think what's exciting about this movie is that they introduced a great comic book component. Um, you know, a great group of characters from the comics in a way that was surprising, and not in a way that I think precludes uh, uh, a future like conflict. Like Kevin, to take your um, your Captain America example uh, for a spin is like I think the thing that they can do there is you're you're going into Secret Invasion, the movie, Marvel's Secret Invasion. You know what you're walking into, and like it's not that like the surprise is that Captain America was a scroll all along, it's that like somebody shows up as Chris Evans. Like Chris like a scroll, like is cle- like clearly like it's first sight. Chris Evans is Captain America and that dude's a scroll. And within the movie, like it, in the same way that the Red Skull is a reveal in Avengers Infinity War, you didn't know that Chris Evans was coming back to play a scroll version of Captain America. That would blow my mind. So I think that there are still like meta things that they can do with that premise. That would totally work in the movie going, but that
2: becomes a meta thing of a wink and a nod and a cool like Chris Evans is back for this role, but we all know it's a scroll going in. I'm talking about story impact here, right? Like that's what I mean. Like when you get in the comics, when you get to that page and it reveals like this character that everyone you know knew of who died was a scroll, and you have Tony and the rest of them looking at this and being like, "Guys, I think we have a huge issue." It's major. You could have, you know, way back before Infinity War even came out, I was like doing my whole fan theorying that I try to avoid, but I can't help it sometimes of like, what if <laughs> what if the ending yeah. of an endgame, right? Like what if the ending of endgame? Is that like Hawkeye dies or something? And then you have this post credit scene where it's Tony and the rest of them talking about Hawkeye. And when they pan down, it's a scroll. Huge moment, huge impact. A, a really cool thing that could have happened. I think, again, it becomes lessened now lessened. With the Skrulls being good guys. I mean, you can still have an impact, but but there'll be, like, questions, I guess, about, like, who are these guys? Why are they doing this? But... I don't know. Was I mean, it
1: all of them though? Like, was she helping all like, aren't, isn't it possible that there are still scrolls out there? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's, was that the entire like group of them? That's the whole planet. That's all of them. Because no. I still think like Josh was saying, like it's so much time has passed that like you have good and bad people in every group. So for them to have a few scroll, bad guys, as long as it's not that one guy, then I think you're fine. I think it's still possible. And I think also the Cree. Can hide in plain sight as well, they can't obviously shape shift, but I quite. I mean, again, coming in as a casual, I was like, Well, how come Jude Law isn't blue? Like, how come um, the Pegasus woman, she's not blue? Like, how do they have you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, yeah. Jude cool. uh,
2: weirdly, weirdly, is like one of the only ones who isn't like him and Jaiman Hansu, right? Like, everyone else is blue, like Ronan and his crew, um, everyone else yeah. there. It's very not, weird, not, not Annette yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Annette Benning, though, yeah, is, I, isn't Isn't there. She's a manifestation of, uh, like, some mental manifestation. So, but when but she past. dies, she yeah. has blue blood. Oh, well, yeah. oh you mean yeah, 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 the original, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yes.
1: Well, the, and the thing is, is I looked it up because, of course, I'm curious, and I'm like, why? And I literally think I googled why is Young rog, uh not blue? <laughs> like, I'm that's pretty sure what I'm googled, and it was saying something like, oh, there's pink Cree as well, and he's one of the pink Cree. Yeah. So for anybody wondering who's a hyper casual like I am, that is why Jude Law is not blue.
0: Well, I I think, <laughs> and I think that that's a a, a thing too. Is that like. I think we're we're underestimating that like everybody when 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 the MCU can get to a place where secret invasion can have this massive level of impact, especially because like we're in like a bit of like we're in like somewhere like we actually don't know if like are we in a cool down or are we in a ramp up? You know, now that endgame is over, like what are we moving to next? It's a little dis disconcerting that we've you know, we're two we're going to be like two years removed. From a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie release, so like we don't know what the future of this thing looks like. Um, but let's say like they can do Secret Invasion by like twenty twenty-five. Secret Invasion as a comic book was like two thousand seven, two thousand six. It was a while ago. I think we were still a Wizard. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like two thousand eight, yeah. something like that. Uh, and I I feel like um, that by uh, by having the scrolls here be mostly good by having like this surprise this twist that like you think that you're battling the enemy no you're 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 working with the enemy you, you, they they got you they got you hook line and sinker and like don't you want to like fix that don't you want to fight that back um and and like this really great heel turn uh from from ben Mendelssohn's character and the rest of them that i think what that buys is for like people who don't read secret invasion there is now the opportunity for them to be very surprised when like Some scrolls are just like awful. Like I think that that very much exists for people who haven't like you know gone deep into the comics lore.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't said that to me, I would have no idea. Yeah.
2: Again, (laughs) I I think that's fair, right? Like I said, I think they can course correct. I think they are working to that. Like I think this is like my 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 response from watching the movie the first time and still thinking about it. Like, but they have fixed it. Like Far From Home helps change it, not just. The fact that the, the scrolls were, you know, secretly there for, for, for far from home, but specifically the ending, right? Like you have Nick and, and, and the scrolls building this. This massive space station sword, essentially from the comics, and Nick's entire mentality of like we're here to protect the threats that are going to be coming from the outside. Kevin's a scroll. He didn't call him Fury. (laughs)
0: Uh, Of course, though. This this is why he's. This is why he's in the scroll (laughs) argument. Yes. Did
1: you guys know what the? um,
0: (laughs) Did you guys know what
1: the other option was for that? So my favorite thing to do after I watch a movie is to go on IMDb and read the trivia. I don't know why, but I just I love reading the little trivia from movies. I mean, of course, MCU, it's like, it's like forever. I could take two hours reading all the trivia. But um, one of the things that they said, instead of having that be the catch for the scroll, or he calls him Nicholas, it was going to be that um, Nick Fury points out that the guy's shoes untied and he doesn't know how to tie his shoes. Oh, that's incredible. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, I kind of wish they did that.
0: But well, they do some. They do some great stuff with Ben Mendelsohn. Ben, I mean, Ben Mendelsohn's my favorite part of the movie. He's so like, good in this. Goose, he's so good. You know, it's great. Like when they're flying up to the to the space lab, and he's like, "Can you shapeshift and in, like into anybody?" It's like, "No." Uh, A filing you know, cabinet. Have to, I have to see them first, and it's like, "Can everybody do it?" Well, physiologically, yeah, but I dare say it. You know, requires uh, practice and. <laughs> you know, a measure of talent, uh, and yeah, it's like, could you be a filing cap? Why, Why would, would I be, a, be filing a filing cap? <laughs> <laughs> that like was the, good. Like the twist is worth it, so that you have like Ben Mendelsohn as Tellus is in this universe now, and he's an awesome character. Like he's just such <laughs> a great character, and it's something that that I think was very, very cleverly done by Marvel. It's like Marvel knows, like we cast very bad guy ish actors to play our bad guys. Like, you know who our bad guys are coming a mile away. And like Ben Mendelsohn, like you cast Ben Mendelsohn in your movie and like that dude's just going to be really, really bad. He's going to chew on a lot of scenery. and He's going to be very, very bad. And instead, he's like a happy alien who drinks sweet tea and just wants to <laughs> hang out with his family again. Uh, he's great. He's incredible. He's, he's my favorite part of Captain Marvel. and He's one of my favorite characters in the whole MCU.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. He is fantastic in this. Ben Mendelsohn is is phenomenal. Like in almost everything that I think I've seen him in, I can't think of anything that I have that I'm just like, ah, he was whatever. Like he's really good. Um, and he was utilized, I think, great. Again, looking past the the my feelings on the twist, which I like, I said, I think that can fix, especially with Far From Home. I I, I like how he did that. I I think it's great when he, you know, makes the turn and becomes a good guy and his little, you know, his little science friend where he's just like, you know, like, why couldn't you think of that? Why can't, you know, just all these little (laughs) things I thought were really great with the squirrels in this, where they become kind of like this, this fun little group that you spend time with that obviously have like a family, like there's so much more to it. Um, so all of that was great. Um, I, I, I think my favorite part might still be the 90s part of it, which was really fun for me. I really liked the 90s. I mean, the Blockbuster was yeah. big for me because Blockbuster is my secret origin story. Like, I worked at a Blockbuster... Both in high school and in college, like that's how I've watched so many of the garbage things I've seen because you got free rentals, and I just <laughs> borrowed a bunch of crap and watched them. Yeah. Um, so like, blockbuster was like a really fun moment for me. Um, Brie Larson's '90s look when she steals the the leather jacket and the yes. flannel shirt on the waist—just plus look. I was so <laughs> yeah. excited about that. Um, the music, yeah. of course, was really great. Um, yes. Yeah, I was. Yeah, this
1: music is is cl- like not as good as Guardians, obviously, but it is it is up there with the soundtracks for Marvel definitely like waterfalls waterfalls come on Yeah.
0: yeah there's some great needle drops in this movie uh you know Gwen Stefani coming in you know for the final fight like there's just there's a lot of I, I think yeah. the one that doesn't work for me so well is uh, smells like Teen Spirit or no, it's Come As You Are. Yeah, uh, that's a little weird. Well, just like Annette Benning, like being like, "Yeah, this yeah, is I- great. <laughs> the, cre- the, these, these humans are to something here." Like the supreme intelligence, bopping <laughs> to Nirvana.
1: Is it? Is it because though? Like most of the music in the movie is '90s female singers, and then they go to Nirvana. I just think that like maybe there's other options out there, or or even if you don't mean if, if you if you have to push it into the eighties, like give us some Pat Benatar, like give us give us some heart, like give us something that is like really like rocker chick. I think would have I, maybe worked better. I,
0: I, well, I think that that guitar riff is just so iconic and just like I think has like very specific sense memory that is hard to transpose mm-hmm. onto like anything outside of like Nirvana unplugged. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you see like Kurt Cobain in his sweater yep. on a stage at MTV, yep. and like that's what you think of when you hear that song. Uh, so for me, that that's the only music choice. Of that question, I think the rest of it is incredible. the The '90s stuff is is really amazing. Jess, what was your as the shit '90s shows yeah. taught me? Uh, co-host, uh, tell tell me what your take was on landing in the 1990s and having no idea yes. that this was what you were in for.
1: So the blockbuster obviously tipped me off. The minute, so my favorite, so she goes over to the security guard and she's like, I need an electronics or a communication store. And he points and I literally said out loud, it's Radio Shack. It's Radio Shack. Yeah. And it turned out it was Radio Shack. And so then you see the Game Boy. But my, my absolute favorite throwback was the troll doll once they get up to where the Tesseract is because my father used to own a toy store when I was a kid. And it had, like, I mean, I, I was a kid in the 90s, so it was filled with troll dolls. We have troll yeah. dolls for every holiday that there possibly is. Like that that was my favorite. Um the one thing I'll say and maybe this isn't correct. So I've been watching a lot of Boy Meets World. That's what we're covering currently yes, um, yes, on yes, Shit 90 yes, Show yes. me. Kevin Watson.
0: Kevin Watson. <laughs> I love Kevin, Boy Meets World. You are
1: free you can be our guest anytime you you want it would be so much fun um but the outfits right so we have uh, a clothing award um for the Rachel Green award which is the most 90s outfit and the Paul Rudd uh timelessness certificate which is the like most timelessness you know an outfit that you could wear today and be fine getting away with so we found that in the 90s like layers. Layer your clothes on. Like you can have a long sleeve and a short sleeve and a denim vest mm-hmm. all on at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. You must be sweating buckets, but people did it. Well the so,
0: world was a little cooler back then. <laughs> that's, so. true. that's true. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh,
1: so but yeah, so uh, I kind uh, of expected um is her name Monica remind me again, the little girl.
0: Monica um, Rambo. Monica Monica Rambo and her daughter is Maria, right? <laughs> I think it's
1: no. reversed
0: the the little oh, girl is Monica. Yeah, it's yeah, reversed, the,
1: the, okay, yeah. the daughter is Monica. I almost expected her to be wearing more layers. Maybe she's in Louisiana. It's really hot. she doesn't it's, it's hot, not as hot muggy, as yeah, it's in, in
2: Louisiana, <laughs>
1: yeah. But but yeah, so I was. I mean, obviously the the grunge um, leather vest and the the flannel flannel super nineties. Mm-hmm. So I did think I, they did a good job with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, they, dress, <laughs> they they dressed them to the
2: nineties. It's very true yes. though. I remember like nineties was all about that, where you'd wear like the long sleeve shirt. And then a short sleeve shirt over it so that you had it sticking out. You cut the hole in the tip so you got your thumbs through it. Like that look was all about (laughs) it. Like I was, that was, that was something I was super into. I'm still into the 90s. We did a, we had a decade. Kevin,
0: I feel like when I, that, 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 uh, mental picture I painted of the first time I ever (laughs) saw you uh at the, the start of the everything a super yeah. podcast yeah. you had that leather jacket like you looked super 90s yeah
2: i love that style we yeah. we had a decades party that we did for new years um that uh, robin and i threw and like come as come as whatever decade you like and like i came in just dressed for 90s uh two of our friends who, yeah. who loved the 90s just showed up almost in what they normally wear because they just choose to suggest <laughs> that when it's awesome um they're great and so yeah i i, I just i love that time period and like The 90s is super odd because I know like I have a strong affinity for the 80s, but definitely like growing up as far as like forming memories, it is in the 90s more so than the 80s. Like most people don't start forming memories until they're about four or five years old. Um, And so like, yeah, I I would have been late 80s, like 88, 89 by that point. So like the 90s was I mostly remember, you know, growing up versus the 80s, even though I have a strong affinity to the 80s.
0: Well, I think that's that's one of the reasons why this movie is a movie I really enjoy, because it, it's got, like, there is this nostalgic quality to it, and, like, it's mm-hmm. clearly made by people who have a fondness for that era, for yeah. that time, for that long-ago time, the <laughs> 1990s. It is long-ago now, oh no, it's like 30 years, <laughs> it dude. It makes me feel old. It's upsetting, yeah. it, it should upsetting. make you feel old. It's upsetting, and it should make you feel old. Um... <laughs> I uh, once went to a 1990s party thrown by who would soon become my girlfriend, Emily Fox, who then became my <laughs> wife, Emily Fox. Uh, during the courtship period, she and her uh, roommate threw a 90s party. Uh, and so I showed up wearing a little green hat, a purple sweater, a uh, little green shorts, and a backpack that said, dinosaurs are awesome. Uh, and I was myself, Josh Wigler, on his first day of kindergarten <laughs> in 1990. Dinosaurs that's are awesome. How, that's amazing. Yeah, that Dinosaurs
1: was, are awesome. Yeah, Very true. Yeah. Listen to as our a, Jurassic Park as podcast,
0: <laughs> as evidenced by Jurassic Park yes. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I love the '90s setting for this. Uh, it's like there's a there's a degree to which sometimes, like when I watch this movie, it feels a little random. Uh, it's like, why is this movie set in the '90s? Like, is it just because you wanted to make a '90s movie? If that's the reason, totally fine, highly mm-hmm. acceptable. I think the the big reason is because they want. Um, you know, Captain Marvel to predate the Avengers. She is like the hero who, on which the Avengers rock is built. I think that's a really, really great reveal at the end of the movie. I love that very, very, very much. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I think that there might, there might be some like intentionality behind the fact that this feels like a phase one movie, like, I, but like with some of the storytelling sensibilities uh, and risks in the storytelling that the later Marvel movies make, wh- whether it's the scroll twist or whether it's like trusting you to like kind of piece together Carol's past. And, like, trusting you to, like, see these snapshots of memories of her life in which she was underestimated and she rose up against, like, the patriarchy and, like, rose up against these expectations of her, that you can just, like, feel that culturally and map that through Carol. Uh, And I think that this movie really trusts its audience in a way that I appreciate, but there are aspects of this that feel like... Pre Iron Man, and it's not just because it's in the '90s, and it's not just because of like the digital de aging of the characters. I think that there's just like there is something in the origin quality of the story that mixes really interestingly with the funky storytelling structure. But we we obviously have to talk about uh the digitally de aged Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Look, uh, I actually just thought that was Samuel L. Jackson. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I just assumed that man is oh, not no. age at all. <laughs> I he looks fantastic. They do a great job with it. Uh but it was like it was like they they did like very extensive uh I don't know if it was motion capture. They did some really extensive work uh in in throughout the production with him to like get him to look like he would be like in his 40s. Um it totally, it totally plays. Maybe a little less so for Colson.
1: That was the one I thought he looked. <laughs> he looked like he had work done. No, you know, no offense, like anybody. You go get some Botox. You do what you want with your face. But like, it certainly did look like he had work done or his his eyebrows. I think it was, it was the, the hair. His I think it
2: was well, the hair. I think what it is it's is what it was. so. What happens when you wear wigs sometimes too is that wigs will grab you and pull you up, so it looks like you. We have a smoother right. forehead and it pulls up your eyebrows. The same thing we noticed it in. Um, arrested development when it came back on netflix uh way back right um portia de rossi had like a clear wig on because her natural hair was short and she looked really weird for the first parts of that because the wig was very mm-hmm. clearly like pulling on her then the moment she like cuts her hair in the show and it becomes her normal hair Looks you're normal. just like oh yeah there's there we go that's portia de rossi. like it was it was just very clearly clearly noticeable i think it was the same yeah. thing i think it was the hair is really what threw it all off for me
0: uh, it's just so funny. It's like this is the new guy, Agent Coulson, and they mm-hmm. like trot out like Robert De Niro as the intern. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like this is the rookie, this guy. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's you know he he jumped careers. He was a physician for a while and decided yeah. to to give the Shield agent thing a try. Uh, Nick Fury is such a great character in this movie, and I think that this is like to see Nick Fury before like all of the shit that makes him Nick Fury in the rest of these movies is is really really fun and kind of just like makes him like a really great sidekick character in this movie like everything he does yeah. like there's lots of like really cool spy hijinks with nick fury in this movie i actually really loved the tape trick kevin oh my god that was so. Uh, cool. that whole scene is so great yeah you, you you could do that the entire time and you watch me do this whole
2: tape trick thing i just <laughs> i love that that was so great his delivery is so fantastic yeah. plus yeah. i think you know we talked about how this is Nick Fury before he became Nick Fury. This Nick Fury is like way more a little more trusting. He's clearly smart and on it. But um the Nick Fury we know is very paranoid and untrustworthy. And very clearly he he learned that lesson in this because he um trusted Goose who betrayed him terribly. Right. Uh, but he should have seen that coming because cats <laughs> and flurgens are untrustworthy. They will turn on you in a minute. You think <laughs> a cat is fine and then it'll scratch you right across the face or the arm. Look <laughs> just ugh anyway. No
0: offense to cats. Is, yeah, a, no offense. Was to this? Cats. A, was this? A, was this? A, was this uh, listen, as a proud cat dad uh, of two ghost cats now, plus uh, two current cats who are not ghosts yet, and hopefully won't be for some time. <laughs> they're bastards. This little, yeah. They're a little... Yeah. They'll, they'll get you. You love on them, and they're like, oh yeah, love on me too. Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> and it happens. Like, I've gotten flirtin' many times. Yep. It's the lesson. See, that's the
1: great part about having Nick Fury in this, and having him, like, a flashback of him, because the current day Nick Fury would not be like look at how cute yeah, you are no. little kitty you know like aren't you just the cutest kitty like he would never so it just makes it that much funnier when you have this like big guy just like loving up on this small cat and he then loves, the reveal he
0: loves goose
1: the reveal I knew it the whole time too they kept talking it like oh it's a flirting and I'm like that cat's going to do so I thought it was going to turn into a human being and start talking that was yeah. my guess yeah. so I was wrong but <laughs> I, I thought I, what they did was better than my idea so
0: uh, <laughs> yeah and, and And Kevin, what? So his name is Goose in this movie, but in the comic, he's Chewbacca right is he yeah. like that I did not know I think so that I was in the trivia sure. yeah. that was yeah. in the trivia it's Chewy. yeah, yeah.
2: oh yeah, yeah 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 it
0: is Chewy. yes yes Captain Marvel's Cat Chewy, yeah um which, which they could have done because Disney owns everything but maybe they don't want to like acknowledge that Star Wars exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe although they have right because Spider-Man Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. uh yep the
2: AT-AT's Ant-Man as does uh Aliens that also exists within this universe as uh he does I know later. sometimes
0: it's jarring when I say at eighty instead of at at-AT. At. yeah well don't at at me <laughs> <laughs> about that about. i i thought it was great um,
2: like in the comics there is i think the flurkin is a thing and um uh i wasn't super familiar so when i went like cthulhu style i was just kind of like whoa like in the same way i didn't know what was gonna do like what it was gonna do but i knew something was gonna happen <laughs> um and so like when that happened it was a very like surprising moment uh to say the least as ben did that and then swallowed the tesseract yeah. later um, which
1: and then the, the end credit scene was just yes. like any anything with the cat literally any scene with the cat was perfection like the because
2: like yeah. oh, cats are even cats are gross so like it absolutely <laughs> hit on that um i do have a question though that like so i was trying to figure out timeline wise like how the tesseract got there because the last time we well the first time we saw the tesseract was in cats in america which was in the 40s it went down on the ship with him but then um tony stark Stad recovers it in the Arctic. And so then it's at shield in the sixties, which we know. So when this took place though, how did it get from shield to that
0: station? Like that's the part i I was a little like, how did that so, happen? So I don't know that they've answered that yet, or at least I don't have it off the top of my head, but one of the things that's um, compelling to me as a possibility is that this is a movie that has like a little bit of a flashback structure and, um one of the things that i would love to see in captain marvel 2 is for like the time between the end of captain marvel 1 and the start of like the present of captain marvel 2 for them to fill in some of those gaps well i actually think that's the entirety of captain marvel 2 i don't think captain marvel 2
2: might be in present day i think captain marvel 2 might take place from the end of captain marvel 1 to where we kind of see what's happening at the beginning of endgame specifically because you had this whole thing where you know, just you mentioned this. Like we we don't know what happened with the Skrulls, right? Like the last ending is that they're heading towards the Kree homeworld, quite possibly. Um, and right. we know that Ronan the Accuser was there. Like, hey, retreat! We're gonna we're gonna deal with her later. Um, so I think there's a high possibility that Captain Marvel two could be about that time in between what happened with the scrolls, what happened with the decree Ronan at this point, hadn't joined Thanos. What is the thing that, that, that happens there that, that ends up leading to him joining with Thanos later. So I do think, you know, we might get a lot of that. And I think there's a possibility of, of getting that story specifically. Cause the other thing is like, I do love this movie. I think Captain Marvel is a cool character, but she is like, pow- like overpowered in a way. Right. I don't say overpowered. She's the most powerful being in yeah. that universe. When you have something like that, it does become difficult to incorporate a character like that in everyday story. It's why, for me, you shouldn't have Silver Age Superman running around. A guy who could push a goddamn planet could solve every freaking problem. You don't need the goddamn Justice League (laughs) at that point. But you you, you have Captain Marvel who can do this type of stuff now. And so having this be where she's in space entirely, where she's not on Earth, solves that problem in a way. She's dealing with an intergalactic threat, an intergalactic problem. I think that's a that's a way of dealing with someone who's so powerful compared to everyone else.
1: But why would they? Okay, so from here we go to uh, endgame. Right. And that obviously is far in the future. Why would they then kind of like jump back in time? And obviously they've done it before. But I kind of feel like at that point we see a, a like a. I don't know, evolved version of her. So why would we then jump back to well, like
0: So I I think that there could be some really cool gaps to fill of like what is that space voyage like with the scrolls? What yeah. is scroll settlement like? We know that there is like a big interest in like the intergalactic side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially coming out of Endgame and Far From Home. And I think Captain Marvel can be like our eyes and ears into what's like the next phase. And one of the things that I, that like, ah, Kevin, here I go. Now I'll do like the fan fictiony thing is like in, in my head, like I can imagine a thing where like, because so we've watched the Marvel cinematic universe movies in release order, but there are a lot of people who advocate for watching it in like chronological order, like the order in which the movies uh, are set and take place. And so Captain Marvel would be one of the very first movies that you would watch in that case. I think, like, the second, right?
2: After, after uh, Captain behind, America,
0: yeah. Behind First Avenger, yeah. So I, I think um, when you think of, like, the big like tapestry of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we've spent so much time here in the Infinity Saga, what other saga has been unfolding simultaneously? What else has been happening? Uh, what is the next big thing? Is it is it a time travel thing? Is it an alien thing? Is it a Galactus thing? Is it a Skrull thing? And I think Captain Marvel can be our conduit into some of the stuff that has been happening parallel with all of the stuff that we have seen in these 20-ish movies um, up to this point. So I I think, like, I would want a movie that is definitely, like, still, like, carrying the forward momentum of the present. Um, But I I think uh, there's there's a really compelling possibility to me that, like, through flashback, we could see a bunch of the stuff that just we have not been privy to. Um, We just haven't seen any of that stuff. And how certain pieces connect to other things. Like, you're saying, like, um, uh, Ronan the Accuser and, like, how he, like, broke bad you know like uh, I think that 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 feels like a Disney plus show like Ronan the Accuser on Disney plus <laughs> like that like that makes sense to me but but I think like seeing some of those building blocks and like Kevin why is Nick Fury up in space and why is he like uh, building out that side of the MCU because of stuff maybe we'll, we'll catch up on like maybe Captain Marvel 2 is like the place where we get to find out that like Carol came back to Earth once or twice Carol came back to Earth and like filled her buddy Fury and I'm like there is some shit happening seven galaxies away that you're going to need to start prepping for. Um, I'm really compelled to see what all of that looks like.
2: You also, I, I do think, you know, I see your point, Jess, in terms of like, why go back on the character, but this to me wouldn't be going back because the character arc happened in the first movie. We're actually seeing this new Carol that we saw at the end of the movie. And the Carol we even seen Endgame is basically the Carol we got at the end of, of um of Captain Marvel 1 right and we didn't get that much of her so we would still be getting that version of the character that we saw in Endgame we just didn't spend time with her that much and she is very similar to the one we saw so i do think we still have forward momentum for that character because she didn't have a lot of momentum um in Endgame i mean she her parts in Endgame were hilarious and amazing like i think we lost in the theater when Thanos tried to headbutt her and failed um it was very yeah that was a great one Um, (laughs) which spoilers if you haven't seen that sorry jess but um, no i have
1: no i've seen i've seen endgame but it was funny watching endgame without having so much Mm. background information on a lot of the characters especially her because i i was like oh it's brie larson but i had no idea anything about her
0: you know uh endgame was brie larson's first run at captain marvel i think that she made uh she shot her stuff as captain marvel in endgame before she shot captain marvel oh wild yeah it
1: is wild yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, but she, yeah, so she makes a great, and the thing is, is, oh, we didn't talk about this. Just the visual, and I did look it up, because I was like, I want to know what she looks like in the comics, because Mm. I'm curious to know how, I always like to know how uh, close they kept it to the comics. The Mohawk, I am obsessed. Like, I... I mean I would love to do a mohawk for myself. It's never gonna happen. But it was so cool. Never and say to- never. You know,
0: life life's a <laughs> <Yeah>. journey, Jess.
1: <laughs> it's it's a choice. I'm getting married in a few weeks. I don't know that I should be cutting my it hair before into a mohawk. The wedding? Okay. <laughs> that would be a look. Yeah. Um but the the helmet with the hair, ooh, that was amazing. I'm very happy that it does seem fairly close to the comics. Maybe your hair is all slightly longer, but it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh any other thoughts on the flurkin? Do we want to talk just about goose? <laughs> um, I mean, the
2: flirting was used to—I think—the perfect ability, as mentioned. I think that the the twist of having it be the thing that causes Fury to lose his eye—I know—upset a lot. Of, <laughs> a lot of people got mad about that. So-
0: People get um, mad about
2: weird things. That's a what? weird thing to get mad about. Why would they
0: get
1: mad about it? That's perfect. Because,
2: like, yeah, Fury is this, like, badass character, so to have him lose his eye over something so silly, people got very, like, oh, this is what happens when you get Disney involved, everything's really? a joke. Yeah, I mean... This it made is, for see, such a
1: comedic moment at the end where he, like, lies about how he lost his eye. Yeah. Come on. No, I,
0: I'm with you <laughs> but, but I'm just... Yeah. But, the, but, the, but the crazy thing about that is, like, if you're like, Nick Fury needed to lose it in a fight. Well, he kind of did. The fight was just over and he won and he was loving on a cat and the cat loved on him a little too hard. Yeah. And I think the thing that's like awesome about Nick Fury, if you're still like needing, you're like, rah, rah, he's a, he's a hero. He got, you know, it's <laughs> all about the, the fight. Uh, I was like. Well, then Nick Fury lost his eye, and he, like, lost zero sleep over it. Like, he gave, like, no shits about losing his eye. Yeah. Like, when they're like, how's your eye doing? He's like, oh, it's getting better every day, which is obviously mm-hmm. sarcastic. But he's still just walking around. He hasn't even, like, put any, like, he hasn't, like, even, like, taped any weird metal thing onto it yet. And then he, ta- <laughs> like, he scotch tapes, like, metal onto his face rather than wear an eye patch. <laughs> and he's looking at all of these fake eyes, like... Nah, yeah. eye patch. Like Nick Fury is a badass. Like yeah. the the I thing is great. Like, I laughed so hard. Yeah. Well, I, I it, thought it I thought it was perfect.
1: And it's a good callback too, because he says that he lost it like by trusting someone too much. And he literally says to Boost, like, <laughs> I'm trusting you.
0: Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on. Yeah. No, yeah. people
1: are no people need to get over it. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs>
0: That's right. I'd forgotten that. Yep. <laughs> uh you know, the, actually speaking of Disney Plus stuff, uh, it has broken that um. Nick, there's going to be a Nick Fury uh, Disney Plus show, um, and I really? don't think that I don't think we know exactly like what the extent of that is like. Um, but Kevin, we were texting about how that's such a slap in the face to Agents of Shield. It really that, is. Like, but hey, look at this. Agents of Shield ended, and they're like, now now we're going to do the Nick Fury. And, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Now show. we never
2: <laughs> have to watch Agents of Shield, Josh. So uh, you know, so much for that Patreon uh,
0: level. <laughs> uh, you know, someday perhaps we'll see how desperate we get, desperate times, and all of that. Uh, anything else from the movie before we start getting into ranking stuff? I mean, you know, I think
2: this will come in during during the final fight for sure. But, yeah, we were talking about those flashback sequences. You know, it's it's I I really loved it. Right. Like, I love those flashbacks. I loved the moment of her getting up. I think it's really empowering. Like, mm-hmm. I felt it was it was great. I I can't obviously speak for or imagine like how it felt for for someone like you, Jess or, or my girlfriend or anyone like that. Um, yeah, it was just such a great thing. The the very much like the idea of the higher, further, faster applies so well to this movie, and so much about like I think you know obviously uh, for for women, which I, I would love you to speak about, jazz, but for minorities too, the idea of like. Almost like people can't you, like, you know, like people telling you what you can and can't do. And, and you know, you can't tell me what I can't do. It's very John Locke vibes. Yeah. There you go, Josh. Um, there you very go. Very much John Locke <laughs> vibes. Uh, <laughs> and it's great. Um, so, yeah, I just want to pass it to you for that, Jeff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I agree with you. And I think this is also, Josh, you asked, like, why, it seems kind of random that it's in the 90s. I kind of disagree in that. She grew up in that kind of pivotal time in the eighties, nineties. And again, like, obviously we're still working through a lot of mess in the world, but like women, especially they get told like she can't fly. She's not allowed to fly, even though she's perfectly capable of doing so just because she's a woman and her dad yells at her about the go-kart and all that other stuff. And for that moment for her to, to stand and fight against everybody else is fantastic. And I loved the way they did it with the flashbacks kind of flashing to each version of her standing up. Um, that particularly was amazing. And like, this is the first female centric Marvel movie we're getting. So you kind of want that in a movie, especially for the first one, you want that strong female character to latch to. Obviously we have black widow, but that's, we don't have a black widow movie yet. So I love that scene.
0: Yeah, that's it's in the theaters. That was like a, a real like chill moment, and it, it still it still plays really 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 well every single mm-hmm. time. Um, I believe a that really
2: fun movie. was also McKenna Grace, if I'm not mistaken, who is just if you need a young child to play like a tough young woman just cast McK- mckenna grace because i think it was like she's in this she's young jessica jones she's young theo in house on haunted hill she's young sabrina Twitch. Oh, it's the same actress that's like do you need generic
0: white young girl with a specific <laughs> attitude we got you it's on. really funny she's she's the one yeah. to call um all right let's give our let's let's do some rankings uh uh i'll go first uh, i'm giving captain a 4.5 uh a 4.5 i think that like this feels like a comp like a hybrid phase one phase three movie i think it's a strong start for this franchise i have very very high expectations and hopes for captain marvel 2 but i i have a really good time whenever i watch captain marvel uh this time was no different uh it didn't hurt that like the Patreon was launching literally as like I was watching Captain Marvel last night and I was just like very happy and I was in a good mood. Uh but like I was just like I was I was really grooving with Captain Marvel while I was watching it the other night. So uh yeah. 4.5 is 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 where I am going to land with this one.
2: Um I also went four point five, you know, coming off of Ant Man the Wasp, that also had a four point five for me, so I did a lot of comparisons yep. back and forth. I do think Ant-Man and the Wasp had a lot more humorous moments for me. Like, I definitely, like, laughed a little bit more. But I think structurally and thematically, this movie was very much stronger. Um, so I would say, like, equal level of that. You know, you're not hitting top tier, certainly. Like you said, I felt like it's definitely a bit of a hybrid between tier one, tier three. But I think 4.5 is absolutely a fair score to be for this movie. Um and it does get me excited for the future because, like, you know, look how bad Doctor Strange was. But we're super excited for the Doctor Strange 2. So I'm pretty excited for um, Captain Marvel 2 and where that could go.
0: Yeah. Um, Jess, we give the audience score here as the yes. ambassador of the audience. What was your score for this one?
1: I gave this one a 4.9. Um, for me, it was sandwiched between. So I have it 12th and rank, I've ranked all of them as well. So it's sandwiched between Guardians of the Galaxy 2 above it and Ant-Man and the Wasp right below it. Um, for me personally, my, I want my Marvel movies to be both funny um, and it, like, it has to be funny for me. And I think this one has funny moments, especially with the goose stuff, but it certainly lacked a little bit more. And I generally like my um, my main characters to be like super funny and outgoing. And so obviously that's not exactly, um, you know, Captain Marvel, but it's a gr- it's a good movie. I think it's a good like you said, it's a good origin story. Um, but I think this is going to be one of those movies where it gets even better when they have sequels, because we already have the origin story now. So we know who she is.
0: Um. um overall, the audience gives it a 3.8 is the audience average on Captain Marvel, which brings it in at 4.27, which brings it in. You said uh, you have it in 12th, Jess. Yes. So do we. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look at that. <laughs> cat. Cap- Captain Marvel landing in 12th uh, is right in between Iron Man and Iron Man 3. Look at that. So that's like exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like Captain <laughs> Marvel is like somewhere between Iron Man and Iron yeah. Man 3. Like I think it's kind of like uh, it's sort of it's it's both like new school and old school at this movie uh in mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So uh I appreciate that. I think that's good. Um all right. We got to rank the bad guy. Yon Rog there was a world where I was giving him a one. I'll give him a two. Um, him just getting like rocked at the end of the movie without a fight.
2: <laughs> I really, I really want to talk about that. So I'm so pumped to talk about that moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll, I'll give him a two. Where, where were you at with him, Kevin?
2: Um, I landed on a a, a two point five. Be um, mainly because of Jude Law. I mean, I like Jude Law a lot. I think he's a great actor. He just has a level of charm to him. I think in everything he does. So similar to like how we gave a lot of points because of um uh. Obadiah Stane, you know, and Jeff Bridges, I think, despite the fact that uh, Jan, whatever, I don't even remember his name, uh, wasn't yeah, superb. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it important. Is, uh, you know, I do think he works in that way of, of, of Jude Law and, like, kind of misdirecting you as as, as a possible villain. Um, but also, I think he works really well because he's sort of the embodiment of the misogyny part of this story, which, you know, misogyny is the real villain. If anything, yes. in this movie, and, the, and misogyny <laughs> is definitely like a six out of six villain uh, because it's fucking yeah. trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, in that regard. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, the people uh, were higher on Jan Rock than we were, Kevin, with a 2.9. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't see that. I think he's. I couldn't remember his name. I had to Google it so I could write it down for the podcast, which does not. That's not a good thing. I think also, I don't know if this is just me, but the contacts he was wearing weirded me out and immediately made me think he was a villain because Jude Law's eyes are blue. And of course, they're like, they're so charming and they're so nice to look at. So the minute you put these weird yellowy green contacts in, he looks evil.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a bummer because Jude Law is like a huge comic book nerd. I think for a long time he really wanted to be Ozymandias and Watchmen, um, and like this is the comic book movie role he gets. It's mm-hmm. just like Yon Rock, like even the I'm Yon yeah. Rock. More like Yon Rock. <laughs> well, he's not <laughs> dead though. Like he's one of the instances where the Marvel, yeah. you know, the Marvel yeah, villain sure. doesn't
2: die. So there's a chance we could get to see him and he could get to do some more stuff.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> right now he's sandwiched uh, between uh, Ivan Vanko, who wants his bird. And Emil Blonsky, who Oof. wants that and needs that. Those are not good uh, so places Jan- to be. <laughs> Jan Rog is in a whiplash abomination sandwich. Right. Um, uh, post credit rankings were a little sloppy. Uh, we forgot to rank uh, the goose uh, post credit scene. Uh, we don't have the, the data on that. I think we could just assume that's the best post credit scene in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and just leave it there. I mean, it's pretty good. I think it
2: would be better <laughs> if it was a dog. But what can you do?
0: You guys, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is targeted harassment. <laughs> I don't like it.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I have seen my dog throw up like that, so it's possible.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. it's possible. In the middle
2: of the uh, night, my dog on the bed and I'm like, "No,
1: no, 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 no." Always no, we have we have vinyl flooring everywhere oh. in the entire house. Pukes on the rug every yeah, time.
0: Yeah. Do they have dog flirtkins? is what I'd like to know. Um, They're too nice. (laughs) Yeah. The the end game tease, uh, that um, post credit scene is coming in at our new number eight. Uh, Looking at your score and my score, Kevin, we both gave this a five.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about like knowing where stuff goes into end game. I still it gets me hyped for end game. Still, I know what's coming, but I still really liked it. Uh, in the theater, it's a great moment. I love that this isn't pulled, unlike a lot of stuff we saw it's it leading not, up yeah, to. Yeah, it's not
0: from Endgame. Yeah, it's, not it's from from Endgame.
2: Scene. It's a unique yeah. scene. I, I, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I loved, you know, Breeze Washington coming in, whereas Fury, I think, is really strong and really great. Um, so yeah, that moment still, still lands pretty high for me.
0: Um, all right, so we have to do final battle rankings now. Um, Kevin, I often sort of just like, Suggest a thing, uh, but you, I know, really want to talk about Jan Rog. So why why don't you why don't you lead the way here? Uh, why don't you lead the way into what we're thinking here for a final battle?
2: Well, to me, this is like how we the uniqueness of the battle in a way, right, is similar to Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange's like you know time loop battle was really great. This movie, like so many ending fight scenes, are always like this huge battle, and here we have from the beginning of the movie, It set up this idea. Of Yon Rog telling her, "Just like you have to fight me without your powers, you know, fight me one on one." And at the end, he's just like, "Come on, show me what you've learned." And she just blasts yeah. him. And like, there's this, this idea, is what you've been
0: training for: fears, fright. Stop the fireworks show and fight me one on one. black. No, <laughs> Which is what it should be. I love that she did that.
2: I love the idea of the I have nothing to prove to you. And again, it cements that like that that message that that feminist message. Yeah. Literally, he is the guy online yelling, "Debate me." And like, like, yes, yes like, absolutely no. it's
1: it's and it's also how much did you want her to punch that guy in the motorcycle oh give me a smile honey yes. yep. how yes. many times have women been told to smile for men no thank you
0: yes yes i was
1: like you steal his motorcycle <laughs> yeah
0: yeah if only yeah, yeah just like yeah return it with slash tires too <laughs> yes. if you're gonna return it at all uh yeah i I love that piece. Uh, I I actually, I really enjoy the whole final sequence. And just, like, Carol going ham on everybody is awesome. Like, from the moment, like, I think the final battle, we count that probably, like, the Rise Up montage, Mm -hmm. I think, is where that starts. And it ends with her just, like, beasting Jude Law with a single blast, uh, which is iconic and wonderful. So I I would be fairly high on this one, I think um the quite the problem is just like we are talking about a lot of really great final battles uh at this point um we've like reached the territory where this is hard where like you're ranked l- even like captain marvel being like ranked a-, a you know in 12th place right now like that feels low but like that's just a testament i think to the quality of right. a lot of the the company that it's in um i think it'll be the same here for the final battle rankings so it's not gonna be better than infinity war no uh or the avengers no doesn't compete with civil war no i mean because civil war i mean I'm not, I'm not getting into that goddamn debate again <laughs> <laughs> civil war or ragnarok no right? again we're, we're not that. doing that um black panther
2: i have to put it below black panther just because of black panther symbolism in the ending line there i mean i think we're coming close to dr strange and i think that's where it's gonna be competitive for me
0: yeah, so the next two are Doctor Strange and Age of Ultron. And I would personally advocate for Captain Marvel landing between these two. Um, definitely better than I, I Age of th- Ultron, I think. I think it's better than Age of Ultron cuz Age of Ultron is just like doing the ensemble thing which we get a lot like I think like rewatching Infinity War really gave me a lot of clarity that like yeah, like the Sokovia battle is cool and stuff, but like we just see this whole this idea with this like set of characters executed so much better a couple of other times. Um, and for, for me, I think Captain Marvel bests that where I, for me, like I would put Dr. Strange higher just cause like it's problem solving rather than a final battle. And like, I just love the uniqueness of that, but I could be convinced to put Captain Marvel higher than Dr. Strange.
2: It's really tough. Like, honestly, you know, both of them, I think stand on, on very strong merits. Like I said, I think the final battle here. So literally stands for something, right? And the final battle in Dr. Strange is very um, inventive and unique in its execution. So it's it's a really, really tough call for me to put the two and where which one I, I enjoyed more. I think just because of maybe recency, I would bump Captain Marvel a little bit higher. Um, you know, again, but then you think about the reversal time effect when it's them backing up time and you see the person going to the fishbowl and all that. That's really tough. I don't know. I'm going to go Captain Marvel higher than Dr. Strange on this one.
0: Jess, what do you think?
1: I think I agree with Kevin. I think that Captain, Captain Marvel just has more at stake. It kind of stands for more um, than Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange certainly is like cool. It's interesting. It's different. But I think Captain Marvel kind of is just like more badass, which is kind of what I want to watch.
0: Yeah. I'm very happy with that. I think Captain Marvel being this high is great um it's a it's just it's a it's a really fun time like i think the the movie ends with like like you were you've just been like waiting for like everything that happens in the end of the movie is like everything you've been waiting for the entire movie uh is for like captain marvel to just like go ham on everyone uh and like uh, it just the fact that like the final 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 bit of battle is just effectively just like a knockout punch to the face is incredible Mm um i'm i'm happy to put it there like that's like Kevin, if, like, the end of, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark was the shooting the sword guy, right? Like, it's is that Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark where Indy does yes, that? Yes, where he, sure. he comes out yeah. swinging
2: the sword around, and then he just blasts it. If, like,
0: that was, like, the final bit of action that you see in the movie, like, that would be hilarious. And, like, Captain Marvel does that, and it's got, like, a real message behind it, too, which I think is really great. Um, Stan Lee cameos. We're, we're approaching the end of the line here with the Stan Lee cameos, and in this one... He is on a train on his way to audition for Mallrats, and he is reading his lines for Mallrats, which is ridiculous and incredible, and has to be really, really it's high up here on the super
2: list. Super high. I, I don't, I don't know if it's not going to, definitely not toppling the number one or two for me, um, because those are just so good. But like, it's also like so confusingly world breaking <laughs> to have that happen. It's,
0: it's wonderful it's it's except, it's exceptional i would put it higher than both of the ant-man cameos
2: um so yeah i know what one and two are two is excelsior one is um uh, the watchers what's three
0: uh stanley stealing uh (laughs) black panther's money in the in the casino all right that's that's a bit high um yeah Yeah. i think i
2: might put it behind there because i think ant-man's behind that right ant-man 2 yes
0: it is yeah i think i put this one
2: higher because it's just that also his role in is just iconic and it's (laughs) insanity you
0: know like I, I, i i mean frankly i could be convinced to put this in number two uh like I I could be convinced to put this higher than him drunkenly slurring Excelsior.
2: Nah, Excelsior is-, is his
0: catchphrase though. I love that. Like having know, him say
2: it in, in a Marvel cinematic movie is great. I, I can't do that. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Alright, well let's let's leave let's leave uh the, the Captain Marvel cameo will be our new fourth place. Uh and that's Captain Marvel. A, g- a great movie, like especially. I think it's on the a, second time it's a time really around. fun time. Uh, yeah, I think. I think watching it. Uh, I think like watching it after the first watch. I don't know, Justin. You you enjoyed it more on the second watch.
1: Yeah, I had a tough time with it in the beginning of the first watch just because I was so thrown off. And again, I'm coming into it with no knowledge of the comics, which probably helps some people. Maybe not, but you'd think would. place them a little bit Um, I really enjoyed it like I said once they got to Earth once I realized it was the 90s I was all in and then on the second watch I definitely understood what was happening a lot better it was easier to watch um, I was nervous coming into this podcast because I was like, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't like their favorite Marvel movie because it's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good, but it's not I mean all of them are good, but it's not besides original Hulk. I don't like original Hulk, but Sure. <laughs> it's um it's a good movie. It's it is really good. It also has gang, I mean, placement
2: issues, right? I think that's the same same with Iron Man and the Wasp. I think coming between Infinity War and Endgame is not a good position to be in. Yeah, um, well
1: that's what I was thinking too. I'm like did they do this because then they have Captain Marvel in Endgame? Although I like you said like I I haven't seen Endgame in a long time, so I can't really remember. She's not in it much. Mm. Do I remember? No,
2: no,
0: she's not. She's, she's in not. at the very they, beginning they, and then she's in at the end for the final battle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I really think that this movie is going to I I think that like we're there is like a level to which like we're talking about like the really fun and enjoyable parts of this movie, um, but like I think that like the the depths of this movie and like the importance of this movie and the potential callbacks that are going to spring forth from the Godhead of this movie are yet to be born. Like, I think that Captain Marvel is going to be a foundational movie to what's coming next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think, like, ask us to recap this movie again yeah. in five years, and we're going to have a really interesting and different conversation. Um, but this was a very culturally important movie. It made a shit ton of money as it deserved to. Uh, and it, you know, it, it broke a lot of barriers, and I'm really, really happy for that. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thrilled to have Brie Larson as Carol Danvers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I think she's, she's, she's like she's obviously just an incredible performer she seems like an incredible person uh i think that she uses her platform in a really amazing way uh and sort of like as as we're losing chris evans as captain america who like you know really embodies that character in like a big public way i'm really excited to like watch the evolution of 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 this character with brie larson um coming into the mcu at this time where like we need a new Trinity because the Trinity Thor is still around, but like, it's not going to be the same thing. Uh, and we need like a new core, whether it's a Trinity or it's whoever, but like, hmm. we need like a new, like center of the universe for this thing. And I think that she is going to be a big piece of that. And I, I can't wait to see what they have planned for the character. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um, Avengers end game. Why are we Avengers even doing Endgame. this? We could just do this now. just, with the numbers in <laughs> <laughs> avengers endgame is gonna be number one for everything uh yeah. just about i'm sure uh yeah what the you know it's there's no post credit scene there's a post credit sound will we rank that i am I I i'm ranking so. it because i want to i i you know we'll rank it yeah you know,
2: i because like that, that sound is important and it's great and we can talk more about it when we get there at 10
0: hours later but um jess my my question for you is we have thanos from infinity war is currently number one in the villain rankings will mm -hmm. thanos from endgame beat thanos from infinity war thanos from infinity war has a six from me a six from kevin a 5.9 from the audience a 5.97 overall can he be beaten
1: that's tough that is so tough because they like the snap like that's
2: that's the thing. It's also the it's, thing, a, it's a completely right? different villain. It's a completely different person really when
0: you yeah. when you look at them and what they stand for and what they do and how that ranks. I don't think so. I think we I, I think, think it's I it. think Infinity War Thanos will be the winner.
1: I think so. I think it's hard like the audience like there's so many people sending in scores it's hard to get a 5.9 out of the audience like yeah. you know how are you going to get b- that or better from the audience again? I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Endgame is going to be the new number 1 movie. I'd yeah. be surprised if it's not. Uh, so yeah, lots lots of lots of firsts are coming our way next week, and I think it'll be the first of a couple of end game related podcasts. I don't I don't think that we know what like what the full scope of that is going to be. Uh, but I think that we do know that we will we will not do just like the one end game podcast. We will we will find ways to, like be talking about end game and its impact on the MCU. I'm sure for like at least two podcasts would would, would be my guess. Let me also take this time to announce um, that I am going to be watching. Avengers Endgame at 8 p.m. Eastern on October 7th in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord. Uh, I will be watching this live in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord at 8 p.m. Eastern on October 7th. That's a three-hour ride. Hang out with me from 8 to 11 plus. We'll be strapped (laughs) in there. Maybe we'll plan the bathroom break. Uh, No, I think we'll just have to run all the way through. Use the bathroom before we start um but if you want to become a member of post show recaps patreon program if you want to become a patron and support the show um and zero pressure to do it except for obviously like i keep saying it so that um, i think some pressure is implied <laughs> but I, I do feel bad about that piece we just got it we got to say it we got to promote it um if you want to join now would be a good time it's early on in the month uh and i will be there with i don't think literal bells on uh but i will wear something cute uh, and I will live stream <laughs> Avengers Endgame in the Discord. You can watch alongside me. If you've got questions for me, we can chat uh, along the way. I'll, I'll answer them live, but I'll give my running commentary on Endgame as I watch it next Wednesday night. Kevin, of course, you're invited, but I think that you will still be working when I'm starting.
2: Yeah, the time the, the time zone difference might be a little bit difficult, but we'll see. Maybe you can hop in. Yeah, you we'll see if in. I can hop in and, and, and join <laughs> yeah. along to see where you are. I'll, I'll have watched it by then. I usually watch these on the weekend, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's coming up. Uh, Jess, where can people find you and tell us more about the, the podcast?
1: So I'm at The Just Sterling on Twitter. Um I have so we have Shit 90s uh shows taught me. Um we're at Shit 90s Pod. That's me and my friend Sarah Ferguson. Uh we just started our podcast so we're doing um episodic um we're doing episodes of Boy Meets World. We're up to episode 5 of season 1 so we're still pretty early on in the series. Baby some- Matthews. Yes, and it's it's funny too because My childhood, I watched a lot of reruns of Boy Meets World, and I don't remember so early on, like where's topanga where's topanga you'll hear that in the podcast where is topanga
2: it's so (laughs) Um, weird like that show retcons stuff that still (laughs) bug me to this day that i'm always just like why did you change history that's so weird but yeah
1: yeah well that and it's like so much sports talk because he's a big phillies fan Mm -hmm. and hi welcome to my world i don't watch sports so if you want to come and listen to me like fumble my way through sports talk Please come listen. Uh, we have a great time. Um, we're also gonna be doing some bonus content in the month of October with some 90s uh Halloween movies. So that nice. would be fun. Um and then I also am a part of another podcast called uh Wombat Water. We have some fun games over there. We do some really weird out there stuff. We just did a podcast where um, we drafted different seltzer waters. Mm-hmm. And we had some really fun games <laughs> that we played. Um, you'll, I've been, you... <laughs> I've
0: been told to uh, to wait for my invitation for the pizza ranking.
1: Yes. Well, we were supposed to do that, I think, in what Atlanta or something like that. Yes. And then COVID I'm happened ready. and the world ended. Gonna
0: ha- it's going to have to be virtual, but I'm ready. Just yeah.
1: Well, we'll tap- have to set that up. Tap yeah. me, call yeah. me in, and for for the
0: the the nineties podcast, yes, I'm, I would love to. I would love to talk some boy meets world. Yes, I'm sure Kevin absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, invitation. He's nodding, <laughs> he's nodding vigorously. So you you just let us know and we'll make it happen.
1: Absolutely. Um. So then, yeah. So then, and also, if you're a fan of either Survivor. Uh, Animal Crossing and/or ORGs will hopefully in the near future. I'm guessing fall, winter. We're putting out season two of a game we put out called uh, Wombat Crossing. So it was a three day ORG that took place on my island on Animal Crossing, and it was survivor themed. So it's Kevin, a lot. But <laughs> uh,
0: Jess and a, a bunch of other people run a survivor simulation on Animal Crossing. Uh, I challenge you right here, right now on this podcast. <laughs> to to join me for a captain season in the future oh, i don't think gosh. i have the authority to make this offer but uh we should we should play on a survivor animal crossing yeah. we should it try it out see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we should
1: we might have video components for that as well Sweet. so cool. um keep an eye out we're at wombat water on twitter as well awesome. so a lot going on it's a lot of weird fun stuff but uh
0: yeah. as as wombats are want to do exactly I'm, you'll hear I'm some a,
1: no, you'll know some of the voices if uh, you're a yeah. fan of the Wandoff. so
0: uh, I'm, a, I'm a proud papa yeah uh, very very happy <laughs> kevin what's up what else you got going on uh
2: not too much you can find me on the twitters as always at kev mahadeo uh website themahatman.com haven't updated in a bit <laughs> working on that life is weird um but yeah that's uh that's the main stuff right now nothing more to plug i think beyond that uh i'm on the um, Jurassic Park Patreon podcast, so if you want to hear us do that. That's, yeah. that's very fun. Listen, it's,
0: the, it's, it's it's a free podcast, I mm-hmm. should say. Jurassic Park the podcast. Though there may be one or two mentions of the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> <Over> <laughs> on, <laughs> I don't know if you want to take the over <laughs> or under on that. Uh, but Jurassic Park the podcast. Note that we never said Jurassic Park. A, a recap. A movie recap. You know? A review. <laughs> Uh, we're very honest. It's Jurassic Park the podcast. Maybe not very honest. I think I should take very out. <laughs> it's a fun time. But it's a pot it's a podcast that exists, and you can mm-hmm. you can spend some time chewing on that. Alright, Avengers Endgame coming next week. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye. Bye. I take this pink ribbon Hi.
1: off my eyes. I'm exposed and it's no